This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is June 14th, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is Christina Labrador. I was at Hofstra Radio between 2004 and 2007. Okay. And what shows or programs did you work on? I worked on pretty much mostly the R- the R&B shows, hip-hop shows, um, Smoother Than Sweet, P5, when that used to be around. I also worked with Ed Ingalls for the news shows, and uh, I engineered for Basha and uh, Italian programming and all sorts of stuff. Okay, so a little bit, a little bit of everything. Some of your own programming, yeah. Some of the weekend and community service stuff. Okay, did you have any titles or positions or jobs at the station? Yes, I was the first urban music director. Nice. Uh, any other titles, or just just that one? I think it was really just that one. Um, I would just oversee the urban section department. Okay. Um, did you have any on-air names or nicknames while you were at the station? You know what? That's quite possible. I was just thinking about this the other night. I think I might have been either Tina Brown or Tina Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, the next part I like to frame as two parts of a two questions or same question, and you can answer it, whatever makes sense. But I'm always curious, what is it that brings people to the station in the first place? And then when you get there, what is it like? Uh, If you could describe the station or the office or the studios, or maybe some of the people that you met, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what comes back as you think about your first time getting to the station? Wow. The first time that I went to the station, it was, it was just amazing. I was really impressed with the equipment. First of all, I was impressed with the passion of the staff members of everybody, the students, the managers. It was just a different environment. You had people really passionate about their work and what they do. And it's hard not to feel the same way. So the first time that I went to the radio station, because I actually thought I could major in it. Mm. (laughs) And somebody's like, no, you can't major in it, but you can be part of it. So I knew when I went to Hofstra University, the radio station was where I wanted to be because I wanted to understand the ins and outs of production and how music gets to the airwaves and all those possibilities. It was exciting to me. Then, of course, it had the news aspect to it. And I just wanted to absorb as much as I could. So first going there, it the smell, even like the smell, it smells so clean. And it just smells like a, a place of work, you know. Like, I don't know. I can't really describe it. But it's mm. a very, it's a very open space and when you go there you smell the machines Mm -hmm. and it's just exciting it's exciting to be in that room because you know that you are going to broadcast to a lot of people who actually listen to the station so it's not like one or two people are listening there's a lot and Mm -hmm. it's exciting to understand how to work it 
So you were interested in radio, I guess, in high school. And yes. how did you how did you hear about Hofstra Radio in the first place? I heard about Hofstra Radio, I believe, through Sean Novat because he was a general manager at a small FM, uh, not FM, AM station when I was in high school. And okay. I interned there in my senior year. And I think he mentioned that. And so that really, that really intrigued me to go to Hofstra just to see what that was about. And so I'm going to go back even further. So how did you wind up in an internship in high school at a radio station? Where did that come from? That came from, I guess, a love of music because I'm a musician and a performer, and I've always been that way. But I thought maybe going into higher education to actually understand how these machines work, because I was always obsessed with the radio. I was always obsessed with how do they get these things on air, because they had so much power to me as a kid. You know, all the DJs growing up, calling in, them playing your song requests. It, it it always intrigued me. So I think I always had this knack of I want to have some sort of control to break new artists. And, and that started in high school. And then I also got into journalism and I, I wanted to learn more about that aspect. So I think radio had these things where both my worlds can collide together in a great fashion. <laughs> so news and music. Mm, very cool. So what were some of the stations that inspired you when you were in high school or younger? Do you remember who you listened to or what stations they were? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hot 97 was mm -hmm. on every single day of my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the morning shows, it was very interesting to listen to the initial morning shows um, with Ed Lover, uh, Dr. Dre, Lisa G. They were the originators. And then to see the pattern of how society and the culture change. Uh, it was just it was just very interesting to uh, see that. So morning shows were always my favorite thing to listen to. And then in the afternoons, I might listen to KTU, um, uh, KISS FM, before it became a sports station, uh, Jammin 105.1, um, stations like that, sometimes Z100, where you get to hear a little bit of everything. So it those stations I grew up with. Hmm. Very cool. Um, so when you first get to the station as uh, a freshman at Hofstra, was there like a general interest meeting? Uh, was there an interview? What's the process of getting started there? You know, it was so long ago. I don't re quite remember, but I do think it was like a general meeting of people who wanted to take a tour of the radio station. And then I think you had to fill out a form if you were interested and then they would contact you and they contacted me. And that's when I think the formal interview started to see, to see if this was something that I can grow into. Okay. So you get the call, you know, we, we want you to come and join the station. So I guess there was a training class and an announcing an engine. Yes. Do you remember anything from that? The training classes were really interesting. It was like my first time really in a, a large space where it was like, a, you know, a, a college hall, you know, and, but it was great. I mean, they laid out everything. They had the books. 
I probably still have a book lying mm. somewhere uh, about the protocols, what to do. And everything was just so exciting. And of course, Bruce, you had Bruce really guiding us and talking to us in a very conversational tone. I think that's what even made it better. You know, it, it was never a condescending way of instruction. It was always, we want you to be your best. We want you to perform at your best. And this is how you get there. Hmm. Very interesting. So I guess before going to those, those first couple of classes, were you expecting it to be uh, more like a college level class, like a, a something that you're paying for? What, what were your expectations going in? Because obviously Bruce has his style and his way of communicating with people. And, uh, you know, was that a little bit different than what you expected? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. Hmm. I just knew judging from the environment and how everyone was really into whatever they were doing. I expected that this was going to be great. Hmm. I knew that I was going to get a great education in learning about radio. In the process of, of doing the training class, you probably had to do tracking hours and, and maybe some practice announcing. Yes. Do you remember how that went or maybe someone that you work with or uh, you got some good advice from? Uh, what was uh, what was something that you took away from that training class that was useful? Oh, my goodness. The training class. You know, I can't remember, I can't pinpoint a moment really because there was just a lot of useful information in there. Um, but I do remember when I was doing my tracking hours, my goodness, you're bringing me back. Mm -hmm. When I was doing my tracking hours, uh, I was under uh, somebody else who recently graduated from the class. His name was Jeff. I forgot his last name, but he was really funny. I was you know, he was just m making sure I was doing everything right on the console and stuff like that. And he scared me. He thought he would prank me a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> because there was like just a little bit of silence from this uh, after this. I think it was like an opera song or something like that. But there's supposed to be silence right. um, because the track is continuing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and... There's this silence, and I can see that the track is supposed to be continuing. We're not supposed to stop. <laughs> and Jeff was like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> there's, oh. there's nothing. And I freaked out. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he just started laughing. <laughs> Oh, but, that's, that's cruel. But, <laughs> but it's you'll really always, funny. <laughs> you'll always be on your toes after that, I'm sure. Yes, it it was it, it was great because it's like you kind of you know you kind of have to laugh at yourself a little bit because I'm sure he could see that I was like so intense, but um, but that's the thing. It's like you you learn so much about yourself and you learn how to handle situations and problem solve and everything like that. But I definitely was focused on just getting all the steps right because they literally listed a whole guideline of steps of what to do. And I was just really focused in on that. But, you know, working with a lot of the students and staff, it was great because they also taught me how not to take yourself too seriously. You know, like 
sometimes things will happen. Just, you know, stay calm and try your best just to figure out a solution. Hmm. Good advice. Good advice. Do you remember your first time getting on the air? My first time getting on the air. Oof. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't recall. I just have a lot of moments, um, being on the air. And I remember trying to make my CD. I think I was trying to make my like audition CD for, to like produce a show or something like that. And I was, I think I was a little too nervous or something like that because you, you're supposed to do the whole show. It's like a mock show. And then they critique it and see if you're ready to be on air. And I went through a few CDs. I went through a few of those to make sure that I honed in on what I wanted to do. Uh, but the first time that I went on air, I'm, I'm sure I was very nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to say. But sometimes I would have like a script out to say, oh, hey, this is Tina Chris and you're listening to the Smooth Urban Suite, you know, something like that. I tried to mimic what I heard growing up in these other stations like Kiss FM. Right. And they used to have this little sultry voice and everything. So I would try to mimic that on air. But, you know, sometimes I'm just a clown and I, I can listen back on interviews with musicians and just kind of laugh because I was just overly excited. <laughs> sure, sure. But it, it sounds like you had an idea in mind of, of what you wanted to sound like and what you wanted your persona to be. Right. So when do you think, do you have an idea of when you started to feel comfortable being on the air or doing interviews, was there a moment or was it just a general feeling like, I like this, I'm into it, I feel good? Uh, what do you remember about getting comfortable with the radio work? What do I remember? I think it was just a matter of me continuously doing it. Because hmm. consistency really builds up that familiarity. Um, so I think that was it for me. I don't think there was a moment where it just kind of clicked. It just gradually happened. And you kind of understand, especially when you're interviewing people, you learn to read the room a little bit. You learn to read their mannerisms, what they're comfortable with, what they're not. But... Yeah, it was just consistency, just constantly practicing and being on air just to get those jitters out. Right. So you've mentioned interviews. Does, was this part of the news department or were these interviews with musicians and artists? The interviews were mainly with musicians and artists, and they were quite interesting. Do you remember the first person you talked to? Or, or among person, the, the first ones? Uh, among the first, there was a really cool group called the Wild Bunch. And they were a 14-piece brass horn hip-hop band. They were signed onto Sony Records, and they were just fabulous. These guys were great. I was so excited to interview them. They had such good energy. And I think even my persona that I was trying to keep up with, it kind of dissipated 
because I just started to become very comfortable around them. Um, so they were a really fun interview. And there were other artists that came through, but I was more of the liaison. Uh-huh. And there would be other staff members to interview them. But it was funny because the artists would sometimes prefer me to talk to them, even though I wasn't going to do it on air. But for some reason, just me talking to them, asking them questions before they answer it on air, it kind of made them feel more comfortable for some reason. And yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like Foxy Brown was a very interesting interview. (laughs) I bet you could tell some stories about interviewing Foxy Brown. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we'll save that for another podcast. Yes, unless you want yes. to share, but I bet I bet that was uh yeah, let's leave it at interesting. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Um so I think you said earlier you, you also did some stuff with the news department. Do you remember getting started with that or do you have any memories of working on stories? Yes, I remember being mentored by Ed Ingalls absolutely amazing with every single person who just wanted their foot in the door in news. And he just taught us between him and Bruce, because I know Bruce is also, you know, and then it was in that industry. And, you know, they told us how to get the, the resources together. I remember printing out the news stories on like a very basic printer like back in the day in the 90s printer (laughs) Uh where it just sounded like it was scanning things and like the news stories would come out, but that would be the the bulletin pretty much because it it would be hooked up to, to something that would alert them to local stories that were happening either on Long Island or maybe uh, Associated Press. So news stories. So they taught us how, what to look for. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, this is what you look for. You know, you're supposed to be objective. Like, they really, I got the crash course in journalism before I even took my journalism courses, you know? That's great experience. Yeah, and the the infamous AP Newswire from, <laughs> yeah. from, ba- from back in my day with the dot matrix printer. Yeah, was, yes. that, was, that was our lifeline. <laughs> for a while. So you mentioned Ed Ingalls and, and uh, everybody's got, fabulous things to say about working with him and working yeah. with Bruce. Who else was helpful? Maybe some of the students who were helpful or uh, other people that you got started with in in helping you get comfortable at the station? Absolutely. I mean, the students, it's amazing because they were just a lot of people my age that were so competent, you know? Hmm. And I know sometimes, sometimes we think when we're young, we always rely on the older folks, but people my age were just as competent as the older folks and were just as passionate and wanted to learn, which was great. That was the environment I've, oh, I've always wanted to be in. So, you know, um, Andy Gladding, like he was great, like his personality. I mean, he, he already knew what to do at the station. So his personality was like, boom, like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what you can do. He was always creative. Hmm. Um, who else? Um, and I met some good friends, um, uh, uh, Jen, uh, Jen Corey, 
she started at the radio station too. Um, Alina, she was part of like the urban department. Uh, there's just so many. Um, I, re- I think I even remember Mike Haviland. He was also, you know, very much so a part of the radio station around the time I was there. So, oh, oh uh, uh, Andrew Falzone. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just very influential for everybody. And it was cool because he was like our age, but it was so cool to have somebody our age just help us and guide us and say, hey, this is where, this is what you can do. This is where we're at. That's fantastic. Um, We've got the benefit of hindsight, your experiences and what you've done since your time at Hofstra Radio. And it's I don't know, easy, but relatively easy to, to sit and think about the things that you experienced while you were at the station. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you now if it's possible to put yourself in the mindset or in your shoes as someone just out of high school and starting at the station. Mm-hmm. What did you think WRHU would mean to you at that moment as you were starting? What were your hopes for that time? My hopes was that possibly that I could get onto a major radio station, maybe in New York City, and help artists break through. Because I considered myself a a budding artist, but I was too shy at that time. Mm. So I figured, well, you know what? Let me help. Let me help break new music because I felt like I knew music. And it sounds like in your experience, in your time there, you were able to follow through on that somewhat. Is that right? Yeah. That's fantastic. Do you, when do you think, just to double back for a second, when do you think you felt comfortable sort of being at the station and hanging out and being among your peers? Do you feel like you warmed up to folks right away? Uh, or did it take a little longer to sort of fit in uh, on the social side, because it sounds like radio wise, you 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 had your ideas of what you wanted to do. When did you mm-hmm. feel comfortable being around the rest of the staff and and your peers? I think, I think I felt comfortable, more comfortable after I finished the training class because mm. we all took that training class together, and we were consistently around each other. So I think naturally when we celebrated finishing, it just, we started to just become friends and just talk to each other about a a, a lot of things because we already had mutual interests, you know, and and that was the radio station, which is cool, which is always a great way to start friendships, mutual, interesting things, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, this has been great. This has been really fun. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your stories and taking the time to be part of this. Um, we talked before the interview. I know you've got more stories and mm-hmm. I am working on more questions. And uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. Absolutely.